0: All right, guys, welcome back. We have Tom here again from Cribs in our uh, second uh, Short sure Financial Podcast. Um, last time we spoke about the market and what's going on, uh, the, the three interest rate cuts we saw to the cash rate, the biggest uh, cut to the cash rate we've seen in about seven years. Um, and, you know, what do that, does that mean for the, the market, the property market, that is, um, how the market's reacting. We've seen huge activity come back. Um, we've seen you know, a big increase in, in people's confidence post the election, and post-APRA loosening credit in July. Um, question is that everyone, everybody's asking us and asking the experts, how long is this run going to last for? You know, what's going on with the the greater global economy is the big question. You know, there's um, concerns and uh, talk of, of uh, the US maybe entering a recession. Um, how's that going to affect us? So, look... Uh, dom the 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 property guru the property expert i might say um he's the man with all the answers and a a valid opinion as such so dom you know how do you feel about the market right now what are you thinking is going to happen next year talk to me
1: mate thanks for the intro no pressure (laughs) um look i think they're all really big questions and interesting ones and there are a lot of people out there with um opinions on this largely i think that The market still has quite a bit of steam left in it Um, for a couple of years people have kind of there's been a a lot of pent-up demand and the fact that we have had these interest rate cuts more people are stepping into the market you would have seen it from your side but on my side the developers i'm talking to the buyers the agents that i'm chatting to inquiries up there's way more people especially under a million that are going to um, open houses there's way more people actually transacting and buying properties Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and you're probably able to comment to this as well, but economists are saying, Bloomberg's put out a report just the other day, and they're commenting that most of the economists are pointing to another rate cut, potentially in February next year. Mm-hmm. Um, APRA is waiting to see what's going to happen with the past three, but with e- credit easing and with uh, rates going lower, it, I think that there's going to be more buyers coming into the market.
0: Yeah, well, look, it's, so, it's funny you say that, actually, because um, something that, you know, I, you know there, there are discussions that the property market might ease off next year, but with rates so low, I just physically can't see how things could slow down. You know, you look back at the GFC locally, locally here in Australia back in 2008, we didn't really see that much of a correction in property prices. Mm. And interest rates back then, the cash rate was something like 7.5%. You know, almost ten times where it is today. I think it was seven point two five to be exact. Um, that's almost ten times more than it is today. Um, if you put it in mortgage repayment terms, the repayments weren't ten times more, but they're about three four times more. And even at that, such a high level of repayment and commitment that people had to wear and, and ride through a, a turbulent time. You know, we didn't see that big of a correction. So. Next year, if things get tough, if there is a global, you know, recession, if there is a black another event, uh, yeah, black swan financial crisis, you could say. With rates this low, how I can't see a whole lot of people being forced to sell, right? It's not. It's not like a whole lot of people are going to be unable to af- afford their um,
1: mortgage repayments, right? A lot of credit agencies starting to jump in there, but like Moody just came out the other day with a report. So Sydney, Melbourne, we've seen like a five percent growth already since the bottom. Um, and they're expecting by the end of 2020 another 7%, 7.8%, mm. in particularly in Sydney. Mm. So what I think is if we do see that kind of growth, there's going to be a wealth effect. People that already own property are going to suddenly have a little bit of equity. That's going to give them a lot more confidence to either go out and spend money or look at investing again. Mm. A lot of different things become viable options when you've got such a big arbitrage between... What you're renting your properties out for versus what you're paying at the bank. So if you've got all these positive cash flow properties, now it makes sense to keep on doubling down and buy again.
0: So on that note, I'm just going to jump back in there. Actually, um, you're talking about yields now, yeah. right? And yields are definitely something on the on the sort of the, the, the question list, you could say. Um, you know, typically, as interest rates go down, they would expect for uh, rental yields to go down too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, What's your feeling on rental yields? You know, there's the, the, if there is a lot more people buying investment properties now that rates are so low and it, it looks like more of a, also a, a viable way to earn any, term, any decent form of return, mm. um, do you think that we're going to see yields ease off or potentially even decrease?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. <coughs> if, because there has been, particularly over the past three years, a lot of good quality properties come onto the market, um, we are seeing that... Uh, r- Rental yields are coming down. And we're also seeing that um, a lot of people are moving towards other more sophisticated property options like commercial real estate, (coughs) um, industrial real estate, and trying to be a bit more sophisticated with the yields that they're going after doing duplexes and all that kind of stuff. Um, To answer your question very shortly, yes, I think yields will compress. um, But still, the spread between the two is quite high and the average punter can afford to... (coughs) hold more real estate we can double down again I'm certainly look at my portfolio and there is a little bit of growth and we're saying well now I can service a bit more why don't I go again
0: well it's funny you say that personally I I look at it the same same way myself where the amount the interest has decreased proportionally to rent is is chalk and cheese right the the interest has has almost halved um, in recent years yet Rent's not halving. Rent's probably Certainly not. Rent's probably come off ten percent, right? Maybe. Maybe if that exactly. Um, so back to the to the original question about you know what to expect, what's next, what's what's happening next year. So, you know, like we said, fundamental issues is probably the lack of stock at the moment. Um, there's not that much property on the market. Yeah. Um, you know, the other big question is that going to change. Personally, I've been thinking that with these stronger prices, you know, naturally there'll be the, the ones that were sitting on the fence that were hesitant and pessimistic about selling in the past, now seeing stronger prices and wanting to sell. But then again, with rates so low and if people don't have to sell, why would they if the yield's looking attractive?
1: Um, what's your thoughts to all that? So there's a few things there. There's, there's stock on the existing market. We're seeing um, last week there was less stock because of the Melbourne Cup and whatever else but we are seeing a gradual increase in the amount of stock coming into the market. And it's because of the continually high performing clearance rates. If you go put your property up for auction, there's an 80% chance on average that you're going to sell it, which means a lot of sellers saying, well, now I want to get rid of that piece of real estate or I want to sell down, buy something a little bit bigger because I can afford more, or I want to sell down some of these underperforming assets, buy something newer, whatever the case may be. So, I think you're right. There is going to be an increase in the amount of people that want to go and sell their properties or underperforming assets or just their own home to upgrade. Mm -hmm. And with that, we'll see some interesting things happen. We don't know too early to tell. In the new property space, um, the HIA has said that the amount of new property coming onto the market since the height of 2015-16 has decreased by about 14%. So that's a lot of new stock that isn't coming onto the market. Only recently has bounced back a little bit. But the time lag is 18, 24 months, even 36 months before any of these approvals do become brand new real estate coming onto the property market. So there might be, I think, a backlog of a supply issue that's going to be building and pushed down or kicking the can further down the road. Yeah, yeah,
0: we have to play catch-up. I'm actually really happy that you brought that point up because we, I think we did a blog post about something like this where the the supply of new housing has eased, and from my opinion, it's from the banks really tightening up the funding for developers, right? It's quite hard to get some developments off the ground um, with the regular lending they had in the past. Um, that's how all these private lenders have, have popped up. Um but whilst the demand, I mean, whilst the supply, sorry, has eased, demand is increasing. Mm-hmm. So that's just got to play catch up on house prices, right? It's, right? We're going to have an issue where there's a huge amount of demand and a shortage of supply. You know, that's the fundamentals of economics there. Supply and demand it's going to lead to just high prices.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that because there's a couple of types of demand that we've got to talk about as well. We saw a massive surge in demand because there was a lot of international investors in the market. Most of those investors have left. But now we're seeing stimul- we're stimulating a lot of local investors because of credit easing, because credit is a lot cheaper. But we're also seeing that um, one of the big drivers of population growth in Australia is actually migration. You know, our birth death is relatively low. I think it's like 0.8 to 0.9%. Mm-hmm. But for a developing nation, because our country is saying, well, if you've got a good income, if you've got a, a degree, we're actually going to allow you to come into our country. Mm-hmm. So we've got thousands and thousands of people moving into Sydney, moving into Melbourne. That's going to put pressure on our infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And if you read some of the reports, like New South Wales have got a 2036, uh, they're planning for 2036, thirty six. They're thinking 20, 30 years ahead. Mm-hmm. And they're building all these major pieces of infrastructure all around New South Wales in preparation for these massive spikes in population. Mm-hmm. So they know that there's going to be a, a problem with this, but housing or well, the HIA and new building societies aren't, talking with government there's a bit of a disconnect there
0: Mm, yeah that that, once again another great point I'm glad you brought that up because you know back on the demand issue one of the biggest drivers for for property growth historically in any country really is population growth Um, you know and yeah you you are spot on migration I think it's just under 300,000 people a year migrating to Australia which is one percent thereabouts of our population you could say um, that's huge numbers, right? A lot of people. Yeah, and our, our government is actually quite um, picky, you could say, on who they let into the country. You know, they, they offer these gold visas where um, the rich can come in and, and buy their way in. That just pushes up prices even more. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, there's interesting things going on. Um, something I wanted to, to move on to, uh, look, a few people have been asking us, you know, has APRA um, loosened credit too much Um are they going to reverse some of the things that's going on right now? Because it's 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 now maybe too easy to, to borrow money. I I personally definitely don't think so. Um, reason being is because we they just did the opposite of that. They tightened it too much, and then they've realized that it was too tight. So then they loosened it. So they're now not going to tighten again. You know, because it'd just be like a yo-yo effect going up and down. So, um, I think we're in a, a good good playing field now. I think the bank policies and and things you know that. Um, both brokers and lenders of the banks need to do are doing the right thing. Um, but external factors, you know, uh, do you think there's any other external factors that, you know, apart from demand, apart from um, uh, population growth, housing, anything else that might take effect into the, 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 the property market that, the, you know, people haven't considered that should put on their agenda for the next year or two?
1: Yeah, I think that it's... it's um, when we're considering purchasing property especially in the next year or two, we've got to have a look at the position that we are today versus where we were. Markets come back 15%. Everyone was waiting for that discount to happen before they stepped in. If you are looking to buy with, uh, you know, investment in mind, so you're putting a different set of lenses on, you're not thinking about today, you're thinking about the next 7, 10 years. Now, when you're thinking about the next 7 or 10 years, you really want to be having a look at, Where are people going to move to? So where where are the key investments in infrastructure going? Where are lives going to get better? Now, there's two interesting articles that came out just this week. One, um, it's been around for a little while now, but the Western Sydney Airport. Of course, yeah. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, Um, we've already been seeing prices
0: sort of um, jump around there in in development sites and also just standard residential properties. Yeah,
1: so that's been really, really incredible to see how the property prices have jumped. When they release or when they make a new report and they say, hey, this is happening, it's confirmed, property prices jump up. But what's really cool and interesting to see is how then the infrastructure evolves over time, who's going to get involved with it, and then will they be able to fund it? So we've now found out that the Commonwealth government is going to be funding a lot of the bill. And I think it's $5.3 billion of spending. And they've appointed two main architects, which for me is pretty exciting. But you've got Zaha Hadid architects and Cox, which is a local. But Zaha Hadid are massive architects internationally who have done large-scale international projects like the Beijing International Airport, um, and they've done the, the Mumbai International Airport. They've done some really, really interesting creative design. So they've just released what this airport is going to look like. And they anticipate that over the next 20 years, there's going to be an additional 200,000 people looking for jobs in that area. So that's that's, that's really important. When you're thinking about a, a, a investment criteria, you want to pick an area where jobs are being created and there's going to be access and amenity in and around that region. Um, another interesting thing that I saw here is that um, construction is starting for the main terminals by 2022. So that's not that far down the road. No. So I think if you're having a look at investment criteria and you're looking for a place to park your money for a longer term product play, that Sydney airport is definitely a region to be looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, another interesting thing that I've been looking at and monitoring is um, the Sydney metro. Um, I think you're aware of it, what's been happening. There's, yeah. a, there's a northern metro rail link and then there's also the southern metro rail link. But just, it was October 20th, so that's like a a week or a couple of weeks ago, really. Um, They've just announced seven brand new train stations. So I would be having a look at those train stations as key investment areas. One, if you're looking for your own home and you like those areas, probably peg yourself next to one of those train stations. But also for investments, yeah. But also for investments. So you've got Westmead, Parramatta, Clyde, Silverwater, uh, Sydney Olympic Park, North stratfield bellwood 5 Dock, the Bays Precinct, which is, um, you know, Balmain, Roselle, that kind of area, and they've earmarked potentially Piedmont and a couple other locations. But what I like about that is they've said that between Parramatta and the CBD, the travel times are going to be cut down to about 20-ish minutes, which is super fast. Now it takes you 50, 60 minutes to get mm-hmm. from the outer line into the CBD, so if it's going to take you twenty minutes or twenty five minutes, what kind of an impact does that have on property prices? Because you've got a huge pool of people that are going to look at it and say, "Well, twenty five minutes to get into the CBD is pretty quick. Mm. It makes a lot more sense for me to move further out now because I'm comfortable with those travel times." I think another thing to consider with those um, all those new
0: sort of developments in, in, in infrastructure and rail is it's not just the you know the the um, zoning along these these railway lines, they change for residential purposes and allow higher heights and whatnot for more development. But it's also the commercial infrastructure that gets gets improved and built. I know in North Sydney, we've had, you know, where our office is, we've had four, five huge buildings straight away start um, either being built, built or about to start being built um, uh, off the back of the new train line, that starts from North Sydney all the way out to Penrith, right? And it's that whole corridor is just now going to be feeding into a commercial line of people that can work and commute in North Sydney. Um, it's, it's It affects people in so many ways. You know, and talking about infrastructure, rail's one thing, but the tunnels that they're building everywhere. You know, I think the um, the West Connect, I believe it's called, yeah, hasn't really been promoted or advertised that much. It's 42 kilometres underground of tunnel, I believe, connecting the... M five, M four, and M two. Yes, I, yeah. I, if I've got that right.
1: Yeah, and then they want to connect it to the north. And if you go towards that Roselle area, you're right. It's kilometers underground, yeah. and it's like I think the most complex spaghetti network uh, road underground. There's just tubes going everywhere underground. It's very futuristic. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool, but it's like Elon Musk's boring company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can keep on going down for a very long, long time before it's any issues. But yeah. I like just, you're right. That's very, very, very interesting. Yeah,
0: because another tunnel that I think is um, a good one to watch is this uh, Northern Beaches and Northern Suburbs Tunnel. Um, yeah. that's, that's being built from, I believe, around Narrenburn, Willoughby, Neutral Bay and going all the way up the Northern Beaches, right? Um, that's going to affect property prices even in the lower North Shore because they'll have a better access to the beach. It's going to affect the whole of the, the uh, market in the Northern Beaches. They, they say that it'll, it'll come out you know, past that new hospital at The end of the Wakehurst Parkway, there. Mm. Um, so you'd probably be able to get from, from the upper end of the northern beaches down to the city in half an hour, right? That's you, the, the people living in the depths of uh, Vaucluse in the eastern suburbs can't even get to the city that quick. That's um, right, it's crazy what's, what's, what's being built. So, um, look, we can talk about these things all day. So, yeah, I was just about to keep on talking about those <laughs> yeah. things, but yeah, I'm glad you stopped me. Uh, um, so. I guess um, you know to, to to wrap things up. Um, well, well, property news. I guess that we sort of did cover that, but I, I wanted to ask if you had any any major news that w- that was um, that you wanted to share. But I think did we sort of cover that?
1: Yeah, look, I think that you've we've, we've really covered those two main things. The metro is a really big thing. I think the airport's another major thing. I think following those is pretty important. Um, I think I think. Uh, the fact the last, we're getting a lot of positive news, obviously the fact that we've had 5% movement and then we're projecting another seven, sort of almost 8% movement into the future. Um, these major announcements just says a lot of positivity coming back into the market. Mm. And if you are sitting out there on your pre-approvals and you've been waiting for a time to strike, don't wait too much longer. Because mm. if you're going to go spend a million bucks and you're going to get, you know, a uh, Five to seven percent, that's an extra fifty, seventy, maybe a hundred thousand dollars in equity that you're missing out on. Mm. So don't sit on cash because it's not doing anything. I think get into property, look at these key locations, and be a bit strategic about how you're going to be picking these properties going into the future.
0: That I love your last point there because you know, personally, my experience about picking property, I think everybody's trying to look for the perfect property. And people need to realise the perfect property doesn't actually really exist. Ah. You've got to make a balance of you know area versus you know the size of the house. Or um, you know, there's, there's always, in my opinion, some form of compromise when it comes to buying what you can afford. You know? Um, you know, speaking of prices, we're seeing that that first home buyer bracket, which in Sydney is it's pretty much starts at $750, seven fifty eight hundred. Um, mm. you know, that eight hundred to probably early early one 1.1 million um, early ones that that's really the hot spot at the moment it's um it's 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 going crazy so yeah I, I'm completely on the same page as you in the sense that if you're sitting on the fence if you're waiting for you know what's going to happen next year to, to, to be on the all over the media um, you're missing out on that five or seven percent which is fifty to seventy thousand dollars right yeah um, so now's the time to definitely jump in um, so Lastly, I just wanted to share some uh, great developments that we're doing at at Shore Financial. I'm not sure if you've uh, seen our recent um, sort of uh, blog posts or media uploads, you could say, but um, we've launched a, a fantastic new, uh, I guess you could say, a approval system. It's a, a bunch of um, algorithms that assess risk um, on sort of pre pre uh, determined information. Um, We'll be able to give approvals in 15 minutes, which is pretty amazing. We'll be able to do things that uh, the banks and most lenders, well, pretty much every lender can't, um, which is issue approvals above 80% with no mortgage insurance. Um, some banks can do that do that at the moment, but that uh, that's very specific to what um, job they're in. You know, if they're a doctor or a lawyer or some sort of professional like that, we can get mortgage insurance waived at present. However, this is going to be the first new product which will offer this to any. One in the marketplace. Um, we had our first transaction go through this product recently. Congrats! Yeah, it was fantastic, um, and we're hoping to to really roll it out to the market and, and build more inquiry. So, fifteen minute approvals is a, as our new headline. Um, and lastly, just to also um, touch on what you mentioned earlier about checking your pre approvals and whatnot, you know, the experience of getting an application approved has drastically changed the last two years. And when I say drastically changed, like I said, it's been a bit like a yo-yo. One, at one point, your borrowing capacity went really down um, and really decreased. And now your borrowing capacity is back up and increased again. So I think an important message to send everybody out there is that um, you know, what you may have been told, what you may have uh, experienced isn't necessarily um, the case today. You know, um, So reconnect with your, your, your broker, hopefully your financial broker, that is, of course and uh, make sure that you've, you've, you've done your due diligence to make sure you're at the right level that you want to be at. Um, but apart from that, that's a wrap. Thank you, Dom, for coming in. Thanks, man. It's always a pleasure. Thank you.